to Horror for Dummies and a big Happy New Year to you all listening around the world right now. I hope it was good and I hope it was better than mine. (laughs) I'm your host Tim and this episode of Horror for Dummies, we take a look back at the decade that just left us. The decade of the 2010s. We are going to be jumping on that bandwagon and giving you our top 10 films from that decade. This one was tough, man. We just did our top 10 best and worst films of 2019. Trying to do, it, to do a decade was uh, was tough. I have a lot of honorable mentions, I'll tell you that. I also must mention that at the end of this episode, we're going to be reviewing a little movie, the first film of 2020. This one just jumped straight onto Netflix. I heard nothing about it, but I was searching through Netflix and a little movie called Ghost Stories jumped out at me and it is the first movie that I've seen that uh, come out from 2020. It came on, it came out on January 1st. So this is an Indian film. Uh, we'll be talking about that at the end of, of this uh, podcast. So stick around for that. But before we do that, I got a little bit of announcement here, something I'm a little bit proud of. Uh, if you guys don't know, we now have our own uh, feed on the Podbean app. We are now currently on iTunes and Spotify, so there are more ways to listen to us. It's opening up bigger for us. I'm going to be trying to get out there and jump onto every kind of uh, streaming thing I can jump onto, and hopefully we can uh, gain a bigger audience in doing so. It's only it's only the start of the year. But I can already sense that 2020 is going to be a big year for us. If you would like to help us though, and I please, I really hope you do want to help us, the best thing you can do for us is go and, go and give us a five-star rev- written review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Uh, that helps us be seen and help us, helps us um, get new fans and new listeners. So that would be the biggest way of helping us. And another way of helping us is just sharing. Just sharing the uh, podcasts on your social media apps or everything like that, that does help so much. So thank you so much for that. So without further ado, let's just jump into it. Let's talk about the decade in review. And I'm not going to sit here and, and say what a wonderful decade it was because we all know in horror movie world, it was an insane decade. But let's just jump straight into it. I don't want to talk about none of this bullshit, what happened in in, in 2013. I just want to jump straight into the movie talk. So before we jump into our top 10, why don't we talk about some honorable mentions? And uh, as I said before, I have a few. I'm not going to go too in-depth with these honorable mentions because most likely, most people listening right now have seen the films that I'm going to list off. So I'm not really going to talk too deep into them. Just going to give you a little bit of a list why I enjoyed them. So to start off my honorable mentions, we have The Wolfman. This is a universal monster movie done right. Shots fired at the mummy, take that. This is The Wolfman from 2010. I loved it, had a blast with it. I don't care what anyone thinks. People call it a bad remake, it's not in my eyes. I think it's done well, it's entertaining, it's fun. The next one is Your Next from 2011. This was so close to coming in my top 10. Um, it almost took the top 10 spot so many times, but I just didn't put it in there. It is an awesome movie. Shani Vincent does a, an excellent job as a final girl, and uh, she is from the same town I am. Um, 
and we are Facebook friends, which basically means that we're best friends. Am I right? Yeah? Okay. Uh, but this is a mad movie. Awesome movie. Love it. Home Invasion at its best. The next one is, uh, this might come as a shock, but this is in my honorable mentions, and that is The Conjuring from 2013. The original Conjuring. It didn't make my list, and I'll explain why. You'll understand why later. But this one is, this one's probably in most people's best of the decade. It's a great movie. It reinvigorated the love of, of ghost and paranormal films out there. So it's definitely worth a watch. The next one is not really, <laughs> I, I can't say it's for everyone. But it's a film that just hooked me the first time I saw it. And many times was on my top 10, but it just didn't make it. That is The Greasy Strangler from 2016. This one is just bonkers. It's crazy. It's gross. It's disgusting. But it's entertaining as all hell. If you haven't seen The Greasy Strangler, um, you clearly haven't listened to an episode of Horror for Dummies. <laughs> but it is definitely worth a watch. It's one of those really bad, it's good movies. But the funny thing is, I don't really class it as a bad movie. It's just... it's it's different let's say that but unfortunately it didn't make it onto my top 10 list uh it was just yeah i don't know why <laughs> the next one is the shallows from 2016 i am a shark movie lover i love them all this one just didn't break through it it is close if i was doing a top 15 uh best of the decade this would be in it Shallows is a great shark film, and they're, they're few and far between, to be honest, shark films. Uh, and there was a time, I think it was the year 2016, uh, where there were two great shark films, um, and we'll be talking about one later on. Next one is Tucker and Dale vs. Evil from 2010. This is another one that I kept putting on my top 10 and then taking off and putting back on and taking off. When I first saw Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, I was in absolute hysterics. It was one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. It just, it was so meta. It worked perfectly. The jokes landed. It's such a great film. The characters are lovable and likable. Um, it just works so well. Um, and I'm seriously having second thoughts about not putting it back on my top 10. It's so close to being in my top 10 of the decade. It is definitely worth a watch. If you have not seen Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, go and check it out. The next one is The Cabin in the Woods from 2011. This is another one that I was tossing up between, but Look, if you heard my review on it a few episodes back, um, then you know my feelings about The Cabin in the Woods. It's an incredible film, an incredible story, um, but it just didn't make it, uh, but still worth a watch. From 2010, my next one is Piranha 3D. This is just stupid fun. Uh, once again, it comes into the line of shark films for me. I really enjoy shark films, as I said before, and this one is kind of similar. It's not sharks, it's piranhas, but it still has that same feel. And there's a lot of naked girls and a lot of gore, and that's exactly what I'm after um, on a when I watch this film. So, Piranha 3D, yes. My next one is Contracted from 2013. A different take of the zombie subgenre. This one is disgusting as all hell, and I loved every second of it. I must note that Contracted 2 is just as good. Um, it follows the, it, it, it does the Halloween 2 sequel thing where it just comes straight after the first one. Uh, really both great films. If you are a zombie movie fan, you must check out Contracted. And even people out there who are burnt out by zombie films, this is a different type of zombie film. One that you probably have never seen before. So go and check out Contracted. From, <laughs> from next, my next one, from 2013, we have Wolf Creek 2. This is part two. I, I just had a blast with this movie. It's just a roller coaster ride from start to finish. It's a lot of fun. Mick Taylor is one hell of a badass, and I love him. He's my favorite Australian icon. So I celebrate him on Australia Day. 
From 2014, my next pick, my next honorable mention was Late Phases. This, in my opinion, is the best modern werewolf film out there right now, and the best character study film I've seen in a long time. Great, great film. Um, uh, one that I return to every now and then. I love this film. Definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen Late Phases. I think it's also called Night of the Wolf, if I'm not mistaken. I believe it's, it's got it's one of those movies that's got two titles. If you search for it in IMDb, uh, it will tell you. It will come up with the poster. I, I believe it's Night of the Wolf, but the movie, as everyone knows, is called Late Phases. Alright, we have a few more honorable mentions here, and then we'll get into the top ten list. So my next one is The Witch from 2016. This one's one of the best horror movies ever made, in my honest opinion. And I think it's an opinion that many people would agree with. Uh, it's just bleak. It's dull. It chills you to the bone. The scene at the end with Black Phillip just still creeps me out. I fucking love it. Uh, the Witch is not for everyone, but it is definitely worth a watch. From 2015, my next honorable mention is Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Another zombie film, another zombie comedy film. Yes, we've seen them all. They've been there. They've done that. This one, <laughs> it just it just hit for me. The jokes landed. I found it funny. Dolly Parton's music makes a cameo, and that just made me piss myself laughing. This is just fun from start to finish. I just I just enjoy it. It's junk food for my brain. Basically, what I'm saying. Uh, two more from 2016. Before I wake. This is uh, this was Mike Flanagan's film, one of his. Oh, I don't know if it's one of his first, but one of his earlier films. This one just, it's it's a real heart wrenching film that just brought me to tears. I just found it absolutely beautiful. It is just done so well. Kate Bosworth and um, and Thomas Jane just absolutely kill it. Uh, I just this one is so. Such such a beautiful story. Uh, I really, really, really enjoy this film. And Jacob Tremblay, who plays Cody, the little kid in this movie, uh, he has gone on to do some other films that I haven't been a fan of, but he himself has done a good job. I'm a fan of this little actor, um, but this movie is just, just gorgeous. I love it from start to finish. My last honourable mention comes from last year, actually. It's a f <laughs> I think it's the only film to come out of 2019. Um, but it is Child's Play. This one I just had an absolute blast with. I watched it again recently, um, and it still holds up. I still had such a fun time watching it for a second time. Definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen Child's Play. And don't be one of those people that's like, it's not as good as the original. Because, like, just give it a chance, you know? The original still exists. It's not like it burns away and doesn't, and ceases to exist anymore. Give the remake a chance, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't really call it a remake. It's more of a re-imaging or a re-imagination type story, but definitely worth a watch. So that is it for honorable mentions. I know, I had a lot, man. It's been a good decade, so... And, and someone's probably going to mention a film and I'm going to be like, oh my god, I can't believe I forgot about that film. But that's all I could think about. So before I get into my top 10 of the decade, I want to just talk to you about how I did my list. This isn't a list with the best made films of the decade. This is more of a list of films that just impacted me on my first watch, plus films that I can come back to every now and then and watch really whenever I want. Films that I enjoyed and made an impact on my life. Films that blew me away and and just made all the emotions come out. These are films that made my top 10. They might not be for everyone. Some of you people will disagree with some of these picks, but they are films that impacted me personally, and it's my top 10, so fuck off. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. Uh, but these are not the greatest films out there, so I'm not doing the best uh, horror films of the decade. These are my favorite films of the decade, so I really should have um, made this <laughs> episode different, but eh, it is what it is. So why don't we just jump straight into it? Let's just jump with uh, number 10 yeah so number 10 comes from 2017 and this was my favorite film of 2017 and it is it 
the remake of It. I went in expecting greatness. To be perfectly honest, uh, I just I was following this story of, of the making of and everything like that, following all the reports and what Pennywise looks like and all that stuff, and I went in expecting a really good movie, and usually that doesn't really pan out well for me. I usually walk out with a disappointed look on my face and a sad feeling in my stomach. But luckily, this time, I walked out with the biggest smile on my face. I I loved every second of this film. It was amazing. I think I went back to the cinemas the next weekend to go see it again. Uh, I took friends of mine to see it with me. Uh, it was just a blast from start to finish. I loved the first chapter of It. Uh, chapter 2, I spoke about it last week. It was in my honorable mentions of Best Of. It just didn't do as much as I wanted it to do. Uh, actually, it did too much. It was too long for me. But yeah, It Chapter 1, incredible. The kids were great. Pennywise looked great, which is funny because when I first saw pictures of what Pennywise looked like, I wasn't a fan. I didn't really look... I didn't really like the look that he that he was coming out with. The old, I don't know, 1700 style clown suit that he wore. I wasn't really big into it. But once I saw the movie, it, it worked. It just worked for me. And then we saw the scene with Georgie. And if we're talking best scenes from a recent movie, this would be up there. Because not only do you have Pennywise biting Georgie's arm off, which I honestly didn't expect i didn't expect them to go into the gore and the blood um too much because i saw it as a, as a mainstream horror film so i didn't expect much but they just amped up the gore in this but it was when he was talking to georgie in the sewer which really worked uh bill skarsgård just did an excellent job as pennywise and everyone everyone likes to compare the two Tim Curry and Bill Skarsgård. And here's my input on it. Tim Curry was a great Pennywise, but he was a more playful, more playful, happy, funny Pennywise. Bill Skarsgård, on the other hand, was a lot creepier. He, he just made the character scarier, in my honest opinion. So there's no real better or worse. There's just different for me. I liked both of them. So, I mean, like... I'm the little tortilla girl. You can have both. Um, But yeah, it chapter one from my top 10 spot. Had a blast with it. Number nine. Number nine comes to... We we, we spoke about The Conjuring in my honorable mentions. We're speaking about The Conjuring 2 now from 2016. The Conjuring 2 is my number nine pick for best of the decade. And the reason being is I don't... I'm not going to sit here and say The Conjuring 2 is better than The Conjuring 1. The reason being is because it impacted my life personally. This is a movie. This was the first horror film that I took my wife to see when we started dating. And I know that sounds sloppy and gay, but it holds a special place in my heart. Now, when Patrick Wilson starts strumming the guitar and playing Elvis, that part there is is one of the best scenes for me personally because... That song there, um, Elvis Presley's Can't Help But Fallen In Love, uh, is is a song that, well, me and my wife used it as our first dance song because of this film. So that's how much this film impacted me. Uh, I just loved it. I loved the scares in it. I loved the demons in it. It just worked for me. And I honestly cannot wait for The Conjuring 3 to come out this year. I'm keen as hell. Give me more Conjuring films. Um, maybe give a miss with the the rest of the the rest of the universe. I mean, Annabelle can quiet down for a second, and yeah, all those other spin-off films can kind of settle down right now. But give me more of the Conjuring films. I want more of the Warrens. So number nine is The Conjuring Two. Number eight is another one that people are going to probably be shocked about, and. Honestly, I don't think many people have seen this movie. The movie is Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead. Red, uh, Dead Snow from 2009, just fell short of the decade, uh, is such a interesting little 
um, film. It's Nazi zombies, basically, is what you're getting here. And it's a blast from start to finish. This one, if you're in the mood for gore, Dead Snow is a film worth your worth your time. Because this film is going to rock your boat. It is filled to the brim with gore, awesome deaths, awesome uh, monsters. But it just didn't come <laughs> it it didn't it didn't fit in the decade it was 2009 but red dead 2 red versus dead came off as a lot more of a comedy uh, but it worked so well for me and there is a scene right at the end with bonnie tyler's uh classic song total eclipse of the heart played and what happens when that music plays is utterly disgusting but highly entertaining this movie is a blast from start to finish. It's not a movie to be taken seriously in any way, shape, or form. It's it's junk food for your brain, straight up. It's a movie to have fun with, to turn your brain off. It's a lot of fun. I have a blast watching this movie from start to finish. It's a zombie comedy, straight up. Nazi zombie comedy. But, oh man, I, I fucking love this movie. It... It was definitely in my top 10 when I thought about it. I was like, holy shit, how did I forget about this movie? So, Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead. Alright, we're up to number 7 here. And number 7 is a movie that I watched on Netflix in 2016. But the film came out in 2014 and the movie is called Creep. Oh my god. What an appropriate title for a movie. Creep is... Creep's a found footage film that stars two people. Only two people. Um, three, if you want to class the voice. Uh, it stars two people, and it was made by the two people that were in it. Um, director, producer, and and everything else in between. This one it just blew me away. I didn't know where it was going. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I was glued to the seat. Ah, if I could go back and watch a movie for the first time again, Creep would have to be up in that upper upper echelon of films where I want to watch again for the first time because it did its job. This movie creeped me the fuck out. I, 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 much like um, Paranormal Activity, I had trouble sleeping after watching this film because of what happens in the movie this is just utterly perfection i i fucking love this movie from start to finish it is so well made it is so well acted uh and it's not one of those found footage films that's all over the place it's going to piss you off it's well well shot everything about this this movie is great and the ending is gonna leave your jaw on the floor it is, it's streaming on Netflix now, so I don't know why. If you haven't seen it, I don't know why. You need to go and see this movie. Creep 2 is decent. Uh, a step back from Creep 1, but... Oh, man, it's... Uh, <laughs> it's a different type of film that you probably won't expect, especially the ending, but it is definitely, definitely worth your time. Straight up. It's a great movie. Great movie. So, number 7 is Creep. Alright, we are going to number 6 now, and number 6 comes to us from 2015, and it comes from a director called Michael Doherty. Now, if you know that name, you probably know what movie I'm talking about here. Michael Doherty did one of my all-time favorite films that came out in 2007 called Trick or Treat, and he also came out to, out to us last year with uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Now, in between Trick or Treat and... Godzilla King of Monsters, he brought a film out called Krampus. Krampus is a Christmas horror film that features around the character of Krampus, obviously. This is a Christmas film, and it is one of my all-time favorite films out there. It's, it's a film that I must watch every Christmas season, and yes, if you're asking, I did watch it this Christmas season. Not only is it an entertaining film, a well-acted film, but the thing about this movie is that it is so well shot that you could take a picture of any scene in this movie and frame it. And I would let you. Go ahead. Take a picture of any, sh any, any scene in this movie and I'll frame it in my house. It's just absolutely gorgeous from start to finish. Um, this has a pretty big cast too. I mean, you have Adam Scott. You have Tony Collette, who is just incredible. Uh, Alison Tomain. David... 
Cockner. I don't actually know how to pronounce his name, but you know who I'm talking about. Uh, it's got a bunch of other people in it that you would know by face, but I can't seem to find their name here. Anyway, it's a unreal film. A Christmas film, but uh, one that deserves your time. And its ending is... Its ending is a... Is a is an ending that needs discussion. Let's just say that because it has a lot of lot of a uh, lot of ways it could go, and a lot of a lot of putting it into your own words type of thing. Uh, but it is one that I really enjoy, and it's an ending that at first makes people mad, and then they realise what's happening, and then they kind of put it into their own terms, and it just blows your mind. But Krampus, my God, definitely worth a watch. We're down to our top five of the decade now. And my top five were pretty easy to put in order. Um, when I started doing this list, even even just thinking about it, my I knew my, to- I knew my number one. My number one was straight locked in there straight away. I knew what it was going to be. It's pretty much the same with number two uh, and number three. But four and five... I needed a bit of a, a time to think about it, but once I thought about it, they were locked in there, ready to go, and it was good as gold. So, let's jump into it. My number five pick for the best of the decade came to us from 2019, last year, and it is my favorite film from 2019. This is Lords of Chaos. Now, it's not exactly a horror film, so I may be cheating here, but the thing is, I class it as a horror film. And here's the reason why. If you haven't seen this movie, it's about the heavy metal, sorry, the Norwegian black metal band Mayhem. And if you know the the black metal band Mayhem and what happened to them, it's a very horrific situation. Now, this movie has scenes in it that is just appalling. It's over the top and it is disgusting. Uh, it, it, it it's disturbing to say the least. Now, in my world, horror movies are there to do t- one of two things, or even both: scare or disturb. This movie disturbs me in many ways and shapes and forms. This is a movie that you can feel, and that may sound silly, but once you watch it, you probably will understand. There are scenes in this movie that make you clench your fist. And, and kind of bite your hand because it is cringeworthy as all hell. Uh, you, you can feel it. As I said before, it's one of those movies. If you don't know the story about Mayhem, maybe avoid reading spoilers. Go and watch this movie, then come back and read what happened. Because, look, the thing about this movie is there are a lot of people saying, no, it's this. it's not how it happened this way. But the thing is, there's only two people in the whole world that know what happened in the real story. And one of them's dead. And uh, we can't exactly just believe the other person because he's a bit crazy. So, but if you haven't seen Lords of Chaos, it's it's a film I highly enjoyed. Uh, I was blown away when I was first seeing it, first watching it. I remember just sitting on the couch going, this is fucking incredible. It's up my alley. Um, it's, it's everything I want in a film. I love it. The acting is great. Rory McCulkin. Remember um, Macaulay Culkin's... Remember that guy from Home Alone? His younger brother stars in this movie and just does a phenomenal job. Um, I love this movie. I love the soundtrack to it. It's funny because it's about a black metal band, but... A lot of the songs are not black metal. You've got Motorhead playing in the background and all types of other heavy heavy metal bands. So if you are a fan of heavy metal and horror films, this one is one to check out. Uh, but don't say I didn't warn you. So Lords of Chaos at my number five pick for the best of the decade. Number four, we are going to talk about sharks once again. <laughs> and we talked about the shallows. And uh, now I'm going to talk about the other one that I was kind of hinting at before. This movie came out in 2017. um, And it's called 47 Meters Down. Now, no, I know people out there going, are you fucking serious? 47 Meters Down is number four in the best of the decade, in your opinion? Yeah, straight up. Look, here's the thing. 
I saw this movie the year prior to 2017, which was 2016. Fuck, I'm smart. Um, but it was it was not the movie that everyone knows and loves. I saw it as the title In the Deep. And the ending of In the Deep is vastly different from the ending of 47 Meters Down. It's a lot darker, a lot bleaker, and a lot better, if you ask me. It's the same story, uh, same scenes, but the ending's just a little different. When I first watched this movie, I I kind of got a bad copy. And I, and, and I knew I should have turned it off and waited for a better copy to come out, but I was just absolutely mesmerized with what was happening. I was glued to the screen and I just could not stop it. And what happened, (laughs) what happened in this movie brought me back to my childhood of watching Jaws for the first time. Uh, As everyone knows out there, Jaws is my number one film of all time. I absolutely love that film. I could write an encyclopedia on why that film is the best film out there. But it brought me back to my childhood of when I was sitting there at my my grandmother's watching Jaws for the first time. It had those scary shark scenes that made sharks scary. I mean, yes, we have multiple shark films out there now. I mean, The Shallows was another one we talked about before that just did it well. But 47 Meters Down just did the scares right. And I know, I get it, it is ridiculous and you have to suspend disbelief a lot of the times in the movie, but I don't care about that. The scene where one of the characters uses a glow stick, uh, sorry, not a glow stick, a flare, uh, and no, <laughs> and you see the sharks close as hell to them, it just it blows my mind how awesome they were. Um, the, the scenery with the effects were just great in my opinion. I loved the the attack scenes in it. I just loved this film. I had a blast with this film. It's it's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, it's one of the best of the decades. And I know a lot of people out there are disagreeing with me right now, but it is one that impacted me personally really well. I just loved it. I had a blast with it, and I'll continue to have a blast on it. So number four is 47 meters down. All right, we've got three more to talk about. So I'm not going to waste any time. Let's do it. Number three is a movie called Evil Dead. (laughs) Have you heard about it? (laughs) It's a movie from 2013 directed by Fede Alvarez. Oh, man. Um, I heard a lot of people doing the same thing, best of the decade, and Evil Dead was a film that a lot of people had in their top ten. I remember going to see this. At the cinemas, funny enough, because this wasn't played at the cinemas in Australia. Not your typical average cinema. This was played at a specialty type cinema. Uh, only one that was about an hour and a half drive from me. But me and a group of friends uh, went and saw it. And it was the best cinema experience I've ever had. We got there and every single person in the crowd was wearing a horror movie t-shirt or a heavy metal t-shirt. And the first scene of the movie, the first, the opening scene of when the girl is tied to the pole and gets her head blown off, the whole cinema just erupted with cheers and applause, and I felt like I was at home. It was an absolute blast from start to finish. I think I even got up out of my seat at the end of the movie and thanked everyone in the audience for making it such a memorable time. (laughs) That's how pathetic and sad I am, I know. That's how much this movie... I had a blast with it. It is cringeworthy. It is gory as all hell. If you don't like gore, then you don't want to see this movie because, in my opinion, it's one of the most bloodthirsty films out there. I don't really know a film that features more blood than this. Um, I mean, there's, there's grisly, grislier films out there, but this one is just balls to the wall, blood, literally raining blood. <laughs> If you get that pun, 10 points to you. But Evil Dead, the remake, it does everything that a remake should do. You know, it doesn't take away from the original. It kind of adds to... I don't even think it's a remake, to be honest. I think it's a a, a continuation. But it, it continues on the storyline. It has a new set of characters. Uh, it brings back all the tropes and all the things that you love from the first movie. Everything about this movie is great. Evil Dead from 2013 is a definite buy. Go and get it. And it is my number three of the decade. Number two. 
We are talking about comedy horror once again, and this is a film that I think we can all agree is one of the best uh, comedy horror films out there. Actually, I've said it before, and I still agree that it is my personal favorite horror comedy film, and it's a film called What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> this movie, even thinking about this movie just makes me laugh. If you don't know the story of What We Do in the Shadows, yeah, the, the, the plot is... Vampire housemates trying to cope with the complexities of modern life and show a newly turned hipster some of the perks of being undead. Sounds interesting, but works so well. This is this stars Taka Waititi, who's gone on to direct such things as Thor Ragnarok and a lot of other things that you probably wouldn't know. Uh, it also stars Jermaine Clement, who's done a lot of other things. Uh, but this one is one of the funniest movies of all time, in my opinion. Every joke hits, and there are constant jokes. Uh, all the creatures look great. The story is great. This is a found footage film, uh, kind of in the style of a mockumentary, but it just works perfectly. It's not one of those films that's going to annoy you with the, uh, the shaking of the camera, so don't worry about that. But it is... <laughs> one of the funniest films out there and I'm, I'm sitting here giggling to myself thinking about the jokes that's how that's how funny it is and I love just how it plays tribute to all different types of vampires you have the hammer horror vampires you have Nosferatu you have the Dracula types um, you even got elements of Lost Boys in there actually a lot of elements of Lost Boys in there uh, all different types of vampires come together in this film uh, it's just it's sensational if you want a good laugh that is in the horror world, check out what we do in the shadows. Alright, we are down to my number one pick. And my number one pick uh, came straight to my head. As soon as I did this list, I knew what it was going to be. Um, and straight out there, it's, it's Train to Busan. 2016's Train to Busan. This was my number one film of 2016, and it is my number one film of the decade. This movie blew me away absolutely blew me away it's a foreign film it's from south korea so if you don't like subtitles i don't give a fuck give it a chance because this i've, I've told many people to watch this film people who don't like subtitled films and they've came back to me and said that was absolutely incredible this movie will not only give you chills, will not only give you suspense, it will give you heartfelt moments that, personally for me, made me bawl my eyes out like a fucking baby. I was on the floor weeping after this movie, and that's when you know a movie is strong. If it can make you feel so many feelings and elements that it just makes you lose control. Uh, this movie is absolute perfection, in my honest opinion. It is a perfect 10 for me. Uh, everything works in it. It is a zombie film, but it is a zombie film that works. And when I say that, it's it's not a zombie film that's changing the genre or anything like that. It's not do really doing anything new, but it's just showing them in a kind of a different light. But it's once again, it's, it's like most zombie films nowadays where it's not about the zombie. It's about the characters. And these characters are characters that you root for some that you don't root for, some that you're impartial to, uh, but <laughs> you will get on board with these characters, you will love some, uh, you will follow their journey, and I guarantee if you don't cry or even shed a tear or even feel one ounce of sorrow or sadness, you probably aren't human. So, <laughs> sorry, straight out to tell you right now, but this movie is not only worth a watch, it is streaming on Netflix. For those people that have Netflix, when this movie came out, I, I didn't wait. I didn't hesitate. I, I counted down the days that this movie was coming out on Blu-ray, and the second that it did, I bought it, and I do not regret. The only thing that I was pissed off about is the Blu-ray copy here in Australia has no special features. None whatsoever. Not even a goddamn trailer. Uh, so that was a bit disappointing because I really wanted to see what they were doing, how they made it, and everything like that. Um, that stuff just interests me. But, oh my god, just absolute perfection, this film. I, I love it from start to finish. And to say I'm excited about the upcoming sequel called Peninsula coming out this year, 
is an understatement. I, I cannot wait. So, Train to Busan is my number one film of the decade. Um, and because of that film, it's been an incredible decade. <laughs> so, yes, that is my top 10 for the decade. Um, so, that's it. Um, so, why don't we jump straight into the review of the first film that came out of 2020, and it is called Ghost Stories. Granny, sorry, but that cut cut out too. Good night. Just say good night. Kisi through, kisi through. Good night. Kabo, mujhe koi dikhai nahi de raha. Nee nee, don't be upset, Granny. So Ghost Stories from 2020, this is a film that I found on Netflix and it was released on January 1st of 2020. Uh, this is an Indian film, so it is spoken in Hindu and you will need subtitles for the most part. Uh, there's something about Indian films that I've noticed, they come in and out of English language and then go back into Hindu. I don't know if it's like that over there, but I don't know. That's something new to me. But uh, yeah, this is in subtitles, so if you are not a fan of subtitled films, this is definitely not one for you. So straight up, before I even go into it, should you watch this? Probably not. But if you want to listen to the review, you're more than welcome to. So what is this film about? Well, the plot summary from IMDb says, The winning team of Lust Stories unite to tell some spine-chilling tales. Ghost Stories is an up-and-coming 2020 Indian anthology horror film consisting of four short film segments directed by people who I cannot pronounce their names. Uh, it serves a sequel to the 2013 and 2018 films Bombay Talkies and Lust Stories respectively. That actually doesn't tell you anything about the movie. Okay, so I'm just going to go off the top of my head here. So what we have here is an anthology film. It's an it's from India, as I said before, and uh, the title is called Ghost Stories. So you obviously are going to experience some ghost-type short segments in it. But the, th the thing is, not all of them are ghost-style stories. Um, only two of them really are. Uh, this, this little film here features monsters um, and other creatures. Uh, so that was a bit of an impressive thing. Um, but overall, this one, look, it has a runtime of 2 hours and 24 minutes. And I'm not going to lie to you, it drags. It really drags. But let's break it down by segments. So there are four short stories in this film, and each one goes for, I don't know, 40 minutes, whatever it is. So we'll start with the first one. Uh, the first one is a ghosty kind of story. You have a uh, person who's coming to take care of an elderly lady and then ghost stuff pursues. It's okay. Well, performances were good. Setup was good. The horror element was was there, but at the same time, wasn't really. Um, for me, this, this is a good little intro, I guess. Um, good little story to start off but it's not my favorite story. I must mention before, I completely forgot, before I continue, this movie has a really neat little animation sequence at the start of it to um, kind of like an intro that really kind of uh, got me in to this movie. I was, I was watching, I'm like, okay, I'm pretty invested right now. I'm pretty excited to sit and watch this. First horror movie of the new year, hell yeah, let's do it. And it has a nice little Halloween type um, music playing in the background that really got me hooked and excited um, but then we get to our first story and it, it, it for the most part was it was okay um, but we can do better so the second story the second story for the most part it was holding my attention it was creepy as hell um, I understood what was going on but then the last 15 to 10 minutes I was lost I don't know what happened. There were some cool creature effects, but I don't know what it was. I don't know where it came from. I don't know what it meant for the story. So it kind of lost me. 
And this is a kind of a trend with the rest of these stories because they kind of lose me and after a while I become less and less interested. So story three is my favorite out of the lot. Um, it's the best of them all. And I, that's not just my opinion, that's from reviews I've read. Uh, it was intriguing, it was funny, it was thrilling. Um, it was a... Oh, it was kind of on the lines of a werewolf story, but not a werewolf. Think of more instead of a wolf, think of a lion. Uh, it was strange, but it had creatures in it. The makeup effect was decent, I guess. Uh, it had gore effects in it, which obviously interests me a lot. Um, but the problem with this one here is the the ending is left ambiguous, and I really don't like that at times. Uh, I feel like it's, a, it's it's just poor writing, especially for this story, because it doesn't explain anything. And you're not even left to your own devices to explain it for yourself, because you are not giving anything. So I really didn't like the ending of this, but, I mean, if you are going to watch this film, I'd say... Uh, watch the third one, the third story, the most. Uh, then we go into the fourth story, and this is probably the worst of the lot. I was, after after almost two, two hours, uh, I was kind of done. I was bored, I was tr trying to stay awake, and this movie didn't help the, uh, the awakeness. It's predictable, it's boring, it's... I don't know, it just it just didn't hold my attention at all. I found myself pausing it to see how long I got left of this film, and it just really didn't do anything for me. So, the last story, they, they could have cut out the last story altogether and left this as a 90-minute film, and it would have been a lot better, in my opinion. But overall, I'm giving this film a 4 out of 10. It's not a film I'll be returning to at any time, uh, probably ever. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Bollywood type films. Uh, I've never really sat down and been excited for a ho uh, Indian horror film. The, the, every single Indian horror film I've seen, they always seem to break out in song and dance. This is the first one that they didn't do that, so I guess that's a plus. Uh, but yeah, this one is not one that I recommend any of you people would watch or should watch uh, unless you are into Bollywood type films. If you are, then I, yeah, give it a go. I guess it's look. It's not the worst thing. If if this is the worst film, the worst horror film to come out in 2020, we are in for another good year. But uh, I don't see that happening. So, <laughs> Ghost Stories on Netflix. It is a Netflix original film. Um, I say give it a miss. Not for me. I don't think it'll be any for you guys as well. So that does it for horror for dummies we are done for another week here we want to thank you so much for joining us once again once again we are now on apple uh what was it called itunes apple podcasts we are on spotify we are on podbean we are on all the cool things that the cool guys are on so you should come join us and please give us a five-star review on uh apple podcasts uh Follow us on Spotify, follow us on Podbean, leave us a nice message on Podbean. Uh, we're still new, so we want all the messages. We're hungry and we are we are desperate for some ratings and stuff. So, so please give us all the ratings that you can. Uh, we did actually receive one rating from our friend Ginger Jones on the Podbean app, and I'll read it out right now. She said, best Aussie horror podcast. Really enjoy these reviews. Five stars. Thank you, Ginger. That really means a lot. And it was really cool seeing <laughs> seeing our first uh, written review on uh, online. So thank you very much. And if you guys could follow the trend, we would appreciate that so much. All right, so on to next week. Next week, we, or when I say we, I mean me. <laughs> and uh, me, I'm going to be talking about a film that came back in 2018 and a film that I had a lot of trouble accepting was real the movie is called The Predator and um, I'm giving it the full treatment here I'm giving it the full edited uh, I, I, I don't know treatment so we're going to be talking about The Predator from 2018 and I will mention that I do get a bit heated so <laughs> you don't want to miss that 
Uh, but that is it for us this week. Thank you again. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Letterboxd, all those cool things. And, uh, don't, and remember to give us a five-star review. Thank you very much. And we will see you next week with The Predator. Dip! Yeah.